And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torresani. David Haggerty, you have a new title in your life. Yeah, and it doesn't involve three letters at the end of my name. Oh, do- oh. Well, the short version. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to spell daddy. And I'm like, oh my God, three daddy. letters. Daddy. Dad. Oh, David is a dad, everyone. Yay. Oh my gosh. You had a beautiful, beautiful. I put on moisturizer for this episode. So people see that just tired. I did shower. Look, I've really been struggling to shower. And he's like, you're disgusting. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's the oils in your hair. Like, yeah, like the bullshit argument. Right. Of course. Of course. Oh my God. But David, congratulations. How does it feel to be a dad? Oh man. It is crazy. Yeah. It is very joyful. Uh-huh. It is. It's pretty wild to me that it's already I been don't like, like over a month since you've yeah, had I mean, this baby. It's been over a month. So we can, I don't know what the questions are for today. I'm, I'm showing up unprepared listeners. Um, <laughs> but I do think that like there is something to be said of like, hey, you just don't know what you're signing yourself up for. Sure. Like you think you do. But and you then no it idea. happens. I know. Like, well. And then, like, look, like I think this is true about everything in the world, but, like, being a parent, especially a first-time parent, is essentially a green light for anyone in the entire world to give you advice about what it's like to be a parent. 100%. And, and I'm so I would argue, and, like, this is an attack at you then. Okay, like, attacking, attacking. I would argue 99% of that advice is unhelpful mm-hmm. people dumping their trauma on you sure. or like just like general i had a miserable time therefore you must have a miserable totally time too. well so i think I that like i have a lot to unpack that. around the first month plus yes of like what it's like to be a dad that i yeah. think that i like add my typical nerd ways have like thought way too critically about but that's but it, why you're here today a, to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, it's been an experience that I was like, I would try not to listen to most people. I'm a scientist. Like, you know what I mean? Like sure. you tell me something and I'm like, why is it like that? Like, right. you know, sure. like prove it. Sure. Like in sometimes the most annoying ways too. So I get it. But I'm also just like the experience that I'm having, the experience that, people said I would have. And then the experience I thought I would have are like three corners of a triangle and there is no overlap. So it's like a very weird. So let's start with this. Have you, okay. So my (laughs) last episode, which was on, which aired last week, I talked about playing the part of mom and how my experience is, I feel like I'm playing this part, right? And I feel like, like truly like I'm an actress, right? Mm -hmm. And this is my like time to shine, if you will. But I, I'll be like at mommy and me stuff or I'll be on the street and someone's like, oh my God, A, B, and C, whatever it may be, right? A, B, and C, that's Uh always what's on my mind. And I feel like I have to answer the way the typical mom like should do. So one of the things that I said that I would do is I would ask you, David Haggerty, if you felt like you're playing the part dad. 
Like, do you have you got? Yes. I feel like it clicks. Yeah, I mean, like, it yeah, but like, while. let me define it takes a the while role. for you to feel that. No, I mean, so this, I, I think that a lot of people are like, your child's going to be born, and you're instantly going to have this bond and connection with them. I think that's bullshit. and like, yeah. I love my daughter, and I would take a bullet for her. Yeah, I don't. It's like, who is this stranger screaming at me at 3.30 in the morning? Well, and I think especially I for men. I feel this. Like, yeah. Don't feel it. I had my first work trip mm. this week, and it was like my first night without her. Right. What was it like? And I like, so like it felt the same. And like I came back, and then very funny, Annie was like, okay, she's yours now. <laughs> like, just like take her. <laughs> like, here you go. Gone. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, here you go. And like that, like. I had a moment when I was like holding her being like, oh, like this feels different. Hmm. And that's the only time that it's felt different. Okay. But I don't know. I'm also like someone who's like, you know, like I don't think the things that I do are incredibly difficult or like life changing or like things to write home about. Like some people might agree. Some people might disagree. Like, done a lot of things i've worn a lot of different hats and i'm like my approach is always just like sort of like i guess it might be from sports it's just like i act like you've been here before kind of thing right right which i guess is like acting in many ways it but is just like mm-hmm. yeah but like i don't know like i was just like you there is a moment in time where you don't have a kid and then literally a second later you now yeah. have a kid yeah. and everything changes but it didn't feel like that mm. like, you know like your priorities right. like the things you have to do the things you have to think about like certainly all change right right but i still feel like me i think that i'm like incorporating being a dad into my life yeah but like don't get me like a mug that says like world's greatest dad or like it is not my identity in ways that it becomes some people's identity wow yes people lose it when you tell them that right like people have gotten mad at me being like oh you're doing it wrong then what or like just wait it will come like that feeling like and i'm like sure it will grow over time like I, i study emotions i get it right right but i'm also like I think when they say that, it's like this like undertext of like, you must give up everything else in your life. Right, right. And be this person and uh, like conform to this identity. And if you don't, then like you're just an absent parent and you're bad at it. And I'm just like, ugh. none of the choices seem like they fit me. Right, right. So I'm like, and that's feel okay. like I'm failing at all corners. No, but that's okay. Because but it is let weird. me tell you, David, I mean, I can only speak for being a mom, right? I can't speak from being mm-hmm. in your position, playing your part as like a dad. But I can say that from Sturgis and from all the dads that are like in my life right now of, of partners and, and so forth, you know, I, I feel like that moment kind of switches where you feel a bond with a kid as soon as they are cognitive and aware to be able to be like Mm -hmm. dad dad like as soon as that clicks I think that they're they're at least I've seen with Sturgis like that bond Mm -hmm. you're like oh wow like you feel like a dad but you're right it's not your identity and I think that that's what I was talking about on on this last week's episode 
was how it's about finding the balance between your work life, your personal life, mm-hmm. your relationship with your, your significant other, yes. being that parent, you know, and, and finding not only the balance, but finding like, what role do you fit into? And you say, you know, you've worn a lot of hats. Well, you're going to continue to wear a lot of hats. And that's just who yeah. you are. You're constantly going to be growing. And I think that that's what's going to happen as as you're like a girl dad. You're like growing with your like daughter. And that's what will happen. I don't know. I think there's this, like we'll make it scientific just because. I want to. I no, that's. Uh, That's why you're here. No, so like there's this, there's this, there's this, uh, yeah, I keep forgetting that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like there's this idea that was perpetuated maybe in the like golden age of like 50s and 60s, like academic culture at Harvard. And it might predate this. This is like, uh, I'm sort of swinging outside of my knowledge bounds here, but like I remember learning about this. Right. Of this idea of like what epidemiologists call role and status. Okay. So like your role is your job, like a doctor. Yeah. And like your role dictates what kind of status you have in society. Like if you're a doctor, you can get away with a lot of stuff. People respect you. People value your opinion. If your role is a, you know, janitor, your role is a public school teacher. If your role is like, I mean, and just like name jobs and like the first feeling that comes to your mind about that thing is, is what the status associated with it. And you have many of these, like you don't, you're not just a doctor. You're not just, so you have like many different roles, but then there's this idea of like, there are some roles that you hit like occupy Mm -hmm. that even though there's many of them, the status for all of your other like doctor, father, mother, like whatever you do, you have all these things. They're all associated with different statuses. But if you have one special role, then none of those statuses many mm. matter anymore. Interesting. So like I could be a doctor, but I have bipolar disorder. So my status is always mentally ill, no matter what the role is. Right, 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 right. And you hear about this in like health and disease because it, it is this idea of like you could be an astronaut, but the second you get diagnosed with uh, you know, some sort of mental illness, like schizophrenia, it doesn't matter what your roles are anymore. Your master status becomes mentally ill across the board. And it's like, we think about this in like medicalization. You think about this in like, oh, like this now becomes my dominant status regardless of what the roles are. And like, to me, the way I've been trained is like, that is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And what I see happening to me is people just look at me as dad and then all of the status that I've had and every other thing that I've ever done in my life just gets evaporated and I become dad. And like, I'm bitching about it here, but like what it really happens to people is moms. Yeah. And that is like very difficult to understand unless you're somebody who has one of those roles. Well, I I completely, completely feel that way where- I have had this like weird identity crisis. I feel like recently, I would say like maybe like maybe two months ago really is when it was really bad because I didn't feel like I was really truly like going to be the actress that I wanted to be still. And I couldn't be that because I didn't want to give up 
the time spent mm-hmm. with my daughter, right, for for stupid mundane bullshit roles where before I would be like, oh, I'll do it all. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, totally. Well, we'll you know? <laughs> yeah, like whatever, no big deal. Um, <laughs> where I still want to do that and I'm still like presenting myself as wanting to do that, but being okay with the fact of I may not be doing X, Y, and Z right now because my, my focus is um, yeah. being a mom. And it's like, oh my God, am I still seen as like the, the the girl next door? Am I still seen as, you know, the hot Cylon? Like, can I still be this person? Because when I'm getting constant rejection from the acting side, like currently as we're speaking, Late. it yeah, feels yeah. like it's because I'm a mom. Now, is that me projecting on myself and my own identity? Like, I also went through this whole thing where I'm like, what the fuck is the point of this podcast? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I have found that half of the listeners are, are new, wonderful listeners that I'm like obsessed with, but the other ones I feel like I've totally abandoned because they're not moms and they, you know, are not not, understanding any of this. So I feel like I'm like, what am I doing? Like, how can I balance both? Like, how can I, you know, is anyone even going to listen? Like, who gives a shit? Like, it's this constant, I would feel like spiral. And then it's like, am I spiraling because I'm mentally ill? Is it the bipolar disorder? Or am I just spiraling because I'm sleep deprived and I'm exhausted and I haven't slept in nine and a half months? You know, and I think that that's yeah. where everyone kind of like loses it, right? And that's when yeah. you hit that point where it's like, I can't handle this anymore and I don't know what to do. Like, I just need some help. And and asking yeah. for help, whether that be with family or friends or strangers, like it is really hard to then ask for help. You know, then that's a whole nother like ball game that you're dealing with, you know. So what would you say, like what advice would you say has worked and what hasn't worked um, from a stranger or from a friend or a family member, like for new and expecting dads like who are, it's about to happen, or maybe they're yeah. in the same place you're in. You know, what is something that has worked and hasn't worked, even though you're like 99% of the advice doesn't work? Yeah. What is something that has worked? And it's not that it's not that it's just no, but it's everyone is specific, and it's and you have to remember like everyone has their I, own journey. How do I want to? I'm gonna get people are gonna be in the comments about this. Love it. <laughs> I don't think being a parent is hard. Okay. There are many sure. hard things that we do in the world. Yes. Particle physics, hard. Yeah. What it is, is it's a constant. Yes. Anyway, there are so many people that I know that aren't the most academically gifted, brilliant, but they're like incredible empaths. And they're incredibly in like intentful in the ways that they do things and think about problems and like how they care about people. And if you can be one of those people, but do it 18 and a half hours a day, you are the best parent in the world. Yeah. Like it is not hard. What it is, is it, it it requires constant attention, like nothing else in the world. And I think that, I, I like remember through this like fog of like what has happened in the last, you know, two months. Like yeah, I, yeah. you just like, you wake up every day and I'm like, how is it two o'clock? I've been awake for five minutes. Yeah. But I like remember people being like, you know, like, oh, David, you're so smart. 
you're going to be good at this because you are smart. And I'm like, these skill, the skills that people think you need to be a parent or no. not the skills that you need to be a parent. No. And it is like, people are like, oh, it's so hard. You're going to be so angry. You're going to be so mad at your spouse. Annie and I have not fought once. Well, that's we very like, lucky. Like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not speaking from experience or anything, but you're really <laughs> lucky. <laughs> no, I mean, like, but I, I, I do think it is a level of if you have the ability to constantly communicate and like don't get sucked into this is the schedule and this is what we must be doing, or otherwise we're doing it wrong. Yes. Then I think you find this unlock in parenting where you're just like, I am just always adapting constantly. And that is hard and difficult and all like that is the hard part of it. Right. That's where parenting gets hard. But like if you just have the ability to like constantly show up and work at it and like not get down on yourself or yell at your partner or like when you screw up or when you're like, I feel like I'm fucking it up. Like you, you communicate that outwardly and like you do it as a team. Then it's just stamina at that point to me. And like, look, I don't know. I've been a parent for literally a blip on the timeline, No, but but I do think there's something to this. Yes, you've got it. You've, you've literally, I always say like hit the nail on the coffin and like Sturgis mm-hmm. will be like, what are you talking about? Is that the saying? Or is like, hit the, hit the nail. It's <laughs> nail on the head. head. I know. And I know, but I always say hit the nail in the coffin and he's like, what the fuck? Like this I always like sense. getting like, these <laughs> things wrong too. It's like my, <laughs> like I am constantly getting the, the, the saying wrong. Right. Um, yeah, but yeah. hitting the nail on the coffin. Um, but you literally are getting it. Like, that's exactly what it is. It's all about adapting. It's all about being, like, free and easy. And I have to say, like, mm-hmm. Lady and I have the best time ever. And it's truly because there's no rigid nap schedule. There's no any, of like, there's no, like, she has a boob at this time. She has any at this time. But let me tell you. Why are all some, the books written to be like you must have this exact schedule but uh, there's a line in the you. book that annie showed me yesterday being like if the bottle is not in the baby's mouth at 5 30 you're doing something wrong like in all bold all caps i'm like what is this no. and let me tell you i will say i have a lot of people <laughs> in my life who are very regimented with how their children are and what they eat and their schedule and all this stuff and for some babies they thrive on schedules. Some babies thrive on like making sure that they like go down at a certain time that's super early because they sleep longer and they 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 are better. But you have to understand not every baby is the same. Not every baby can be on a schedule. And lady does not thrive on a schedule. Me, Alessandra, does not thrive on a schedule. Like I want to have it in the matrix and know what time we're leaving. But like yeah, after yeah, that, yeah. like we're like chill, like let's just go with the flow. And that's just how I am as a mom. But and I, I at first was like, how, how can people like be like so regimented? Like it's so overwhelming to me. But it's like yeah. if it works for them. It works for them. And that's another important yeah. part of being a parent is like when you're giving advice or you're saying something that's worked for you, know that it may not work for the other person. But like, just offer that. And I think that that's what, why I always say like, 
everything that I heard from people was like, oh my God, they have to be in this sleep suit and they have to go down at five o'clock and they have to eat X, Y, and Z. And I tried to do that and lady was miserable. Like she wasn't happy. And so I was like, well, fuck this. Like after 48 hours, I'm like, I'm not following this like schedule. And then she was the best baby. Like she was happy. She was the best version of herself. But I need, but but you need to hear all the information and then literally choose like this works for me. Like it's like go to the buffet and decide what works for you. Like for me, it's pizza and ice cream. It is really tough though to be like the majority of the content that you consume. Once Instagram figures out you are a parent. Yes. It's game over. It's so angering to me that the majority of the content is telling people what to do. Sure. It is not like we can have it. Like I like give you the, the spiel of like, it's not hard. It's constant. That requires different skills. It requires you to figure it out and be attentive and listen to your baby, even though they can't talk or like tell you anything. And we're all like, yes, this is it. And then the response to that is like, what if we just dumped thousands of pieces of content that were the exact opposite of what that advice was well, onto the internet. Right. And that is the current state of like early maternal care. Mm-hmm. Like here are the, here are the books you should read. Here are the things you should be doing. These are the schedules you should be following all bold, all caps text. You know, like here's, here's the person talking directly to camera on TikTok about all the things you are doing wrong when you're holding your baby or they're fussy or like, I'm just like, we can agree yeah that like yeah some of these things are helpful and, and some, like and they, weird they things like the gamut help. yeah but it's just got it like i feel like so much of it is like there's this huge spectrum that we can all understand and appreciate it's not like we're like some like intelligent beings who are like you know have unlocked the hidden secrets of being right. a parent everyone i believe everyone can figure this out but then if you look at the like the content that's produced on that spectrum, it's just the sliver right. that makes you feel bad all of the time. Okay, so let me let me just say this. The the thing <laughs> with because I There's no dad content either. No. Zero dad There's content. Zero dad content. So the reason why I have had this like battle of like do I go back to talking strictly just mental health, like as a general like mm-hmm. statement, like mental illness, or do I continue on this like mom path? The reason why I keep coming back to this mom path is because I keep being introduced to guests. I'm not out there trying to find people like, you know that, like I'm not trying to find guests, like it comes to me naturally. And then if I feel it's a fit mm-hmm. and it's a vibe, like we go with it. Yeah, then we roll with it. We roll with it. There were so many moments in this past, I would say like season and a half that I found such valuable information and I learned so much that I hoped like, oh, maybe this will help someone else because Mm -hmm. I'm finding that this is not me like, like, oh my God, you're the fucking best, Alessandra, like whatever. But I'm just saying- (laughs) I mean, you are, but- I mean, yeah. (laughs) But I'm just saying (laughs) I have found that the guests that I have brought on have brought such a different narrative to what it's like to be a parent or what it's like for maternal mental health care, you know, or maternal care just in general that I 
searched long and hard to try to find and you can't find it anywhere. Like when I brought my hypnobirthing teacher on, like I know people have heard about hypnobirthing and there's a lot of moms that have practiced it in Los Angeles, but I had more people that wrote me in that were like, oh my God, I had no idea what this was and I'm so excited. And it's not about like not having the medicine to like go through a natural water birth. You know, you hear hypnobirthing, you hear these things and you're like, oh, that's for like woo-woo stuff. Like that's when people at home that are having a water birth and they're pulling their baby out of their vagina themselves. Like, no, like not at all. I had a hospital birth. Then I ended up having an epidural. But if I didn't have the hypnobirthing techniques, that wouldn't have been able to help me pre-birth and post-birth. You know, Mm -hmm. and so it's like Mm -hmm. stuff like that where how did I find out about hypnobirthing? Because my doctor had a book you know, on the bookshelf. And then, you know, my husband saw it and then we yeah. Googled mm-hmm. and all, you know, so I'm just trying to provide all the like different kind of stuff, not yeah. the by the books, like the, your baby has to sleep at A, B and C. Right. Like, so I yeah. think a lot that of- I, I, I'm hoping that these guests that I have on and these conversations that I have, I'm not saying this is what you should do, but I just want to provide options. I want to be the, you know, the Las Vegas buffet that you come to that you're like, "Mm, what do I want to eat today? And you like go through all the episodes and see what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And I'm like being the test dummy myself so everyone can see like what may work, you know, either you're going to vibe with me and you're going to think I'm like the kind of mom that, you know, you align with or you're complete opposite. And that's fine too. Like, I don't think that everyone is the same. You're right. There is a wide spectrum of how you raise your child and that's okay. That's sorry. That was like a long way. It should be celebrated. No, but like it should be celebrated. You get this on the spectrum. It doesn't matter what version of the Instagram algorithm you are on. Like, this is a universal experience where people are like, what yes. I see is this content that makes me feel bad because I'm not doing it exactly the way that it's you yes. know, presented to me. Like, yes, exactly. And then you get people who, who A, don't have kids, who are your age that are, are talking to you about it uninformed. Yeah, totally. Informed, uninformed, doesn't matter. Yeah. And then, like, you go up the generation. My parents, I love dearly. Right. <laughs> who right, won't be listen. listening to this podcast. So I'm kidding. <laughs> You're like, don't. But I mean, like, and like, everyone gets this. Like, you know, you squeeze out. It's been referred to me, which I really like, as people call it the sandwich years. Huh. Where you're caring for a younger child, but also caring for aging parents. So you get crushed in the middle of it. Okay. Okay. And like, I'm like, I am trying my best to to keep this small being alive. And I'm also trying my best to keep you two idiots alive. (laughs) And like, (laughs) you know, like, I don't take advice from the child on how to to keep your aging process alive. Right. And- all they want to do is not and like this might be very specifically about my parents, but like I feel like I've told other people this and they vibed with it. So we're going to fire away here. But like all they want to do is do a comparative analysis of what you're doing versus what they were doing. Oh, interesting. It's never, it's never a, Hey, why 
are you choosing to, my parents were like, we never swaddled you. And I was like, well, that explains some things, but also like, you know, like the <laughs> halo sacks, you know what I mean? Like all of these like insane, like Velcro zip up, like straight strap jackets. your baby in. Straight jackets. Straight jackets. Yes. And they're like, they're, they're not like, hey, why did you decide to use these things? Right. It is, hey, we didn't do this. You're doing it wrong. Mm. But and the difference is, is small. Sure. Yeah. yeah but do you think but, that's because they didn't have really, these things available? So for them, it's like it's something new and strange. And it's like, what's this? Or is it more of a you're feeling more of a judgment? It's the judgment. Like, look, there's stuff that's new and novel and I get it. And they're like, well, when we did this, you were fine. And I was like, yeah. And look at the mortality rate 30 years ago, too. Like, right. we've arguably gotten better at raising healthier, safer babies. Right, right. That's not to say they did it wrong. They were doing the best they had at the sure, time. Sure, But I'm just like, rather than than be in awe of the revolution mm-hmm. that has happened, rather than be like, why are you doing this? What are these new things? I know they're new and they might scare me a little bit. But like, rather than having a conversation about like, how are you doing? How are you parenting? Explain it to me. Right, right. The assumption is is that you are doing it wrong because it is different. Right, right. And that they get served the same content that we get served on the, you know what I mean? Like I see the connection between, this is the discourse around how to be a parent. That discourse, you know, permeates out to to parents and friends and all these sorts of things. And then we sit around judging each other, being like, you know, my kid is only on the iPad for 45 minutes and your kid's on their iPad for four hours. Like, aren't you worried they're going to be diseased when they grow up? And I'm like, guys, like, what are we doing? Right, right. You're struggling. Like, how do I help you? Like, what is going on? Like, tell me how you feel. But like, I'll say. I've had so I many people to be- interact with us. Yeah. Like, in the last two months that... And like you notice it after the fact, but I'm like, you not once ever asked how we were doing. Yeah. You ask how we're taking care of the child. I you ask how, how the I'm baby's doing, <laughs> but like nobody. Yeah, but, but you are a minority. Because I get no, because I get it. Because I'm living in it. Because I went through the exact same thing that we you don't did. Ask, of having we don't ask people how they're doing. We don't ask how fatherhood is. We don't ask how motherhood no. is. We we don't we don't think about intentfully doing this. The narrative is that it's so overwhelming that you can't have any forethought and you just have to act and react and respond. And like it is, I'm like, this is not the experience I'm I'm having. Yeah. And it is wildly disassociating to everybody else that has a kid because I'm like, what do you mean? I like, I feel ostracized because I'm like, do you ever get the condescending, like, oh, you're doing such a great job? Like I got that a lot um, and where it was like, I felt like, leave me alone. Like, don't tell me that I'm doing a great job. Like, I don't need anyone to tell me that I'm doing a great job. I don't need anyone to tell me that I'm, oh, you're such a good mom. Like, like I know I'm, I am a great mom. Like, because you know what? I Mm -hmm. fucking love my baby. Like my baby is my life. Like I love my baby. Um, but I don't need you to say it to me. Like, I don't need people to say that to me. I think that that's like a really... That's an advice that I would give to other. Yeah, it's like a garbage response. It's like it's a garbage response. It's like 
You know, don't say that. You don't know how to interact with me. You don't know who I am. You don't know what my identity is. Like, ask me how I'm doing. Like, pulling out of the bottom of the barrel. Right. Yeah. Like, ask me, like, when I go to the bathroom that I have a baby on my, on my boob. Like, you know what I mean? And that's how I pee every day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how are you doing? Like, how are you mentally okay? Like, not like, oh, you're doing such a great job. And this is like, I want to push back here and I understand not to, not to devalue the existential crisis that you seem to be having. Like crazy. Thank you. I like, this is a mental health podcast. It is. Like, yes, it has become a little bit more parent centric, but like everyone, you know, was born. And like, yeah. I understand that it feels ostracizing to some people in the community that don't have children or feel a specific way about not it's having true. children or don't care. And like my pitch to them is like, you should probably learn about this. Yeah. Because even if you don't have a kid, like you're, it's just how you should handle people in life. If you, if you actually care about treating people with mental health problems, if you actually care about people living sustainable lives, you know, like having options, alternative treatments, like all these sorts of things beyond the context of pregnancy or being a parent and you don't care about it when someone is pregnant or a parent, then what you're doing is just like essentially performative because the vast majority of the population that is going to be afflicted with these things are people who have offspring. And like to not pay attention to the fact that reproducing, especially for women is a biological process that interacts with your mental health outcomes. Yeah. I'm just like, I like, I get it. Sure. And like, it's some part of this. It's like crazy people on the internet, essentially being of <laughs> course. stigmatized crazy people in the next sense. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's like people on the internet falling into yeah. these clades of like, Oh, like, you know, a woman's reproduced. I no longer give a shit about them. Yeah. And I'm like, look, like I'm never going to convert that person to to believing this sort of narrative line. But like if you care about women's health care from age 20 to 60. Yeah. What you're caring about is, is there women who are reproducing. Right. 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 And even right. for women that aren't reproducing. A, a totally fair choice choosing not to. That also influences your mental health outcome. A hundred percent. The same conversation we've been having this whole time. We're just going through a lived experience that might make some people uncomfortable. And we've just pointed out that those people don't know what they're talking about either. A hundred percent. Why listen? Yep. Yep. And and I feel like uh, what I'm, what I'm like, here's the thing also. This podcast is not like I've listened to a lot of mom podcasts and dad podcasts and parent podcasts, which are amazing. But they're mostly like about like either you get the like extreme of them like bitching about like what it's like, the like, you know, the daily life of being a parent or you're hearing like scientific advice like this is why your baby is doing this. This is why it's eating this way. This is, you know, the feeding process, like whatever that may be, right? Those are the kind of the two, or I listen to the like funny ones. But what I find is what my podcast is, it's my life. And like, I've had a lot of people that have come to me that are like, oh, why aren't you at a big company? Why aren't you doing this? I'm like, because I don't need someone to tell me like how to change this. Like, 
emotional support is truly like my life story. Like we're following me through like an evolution. And like, this isn't like, woohoo, like all my millions of followers. It's not about that. It's about how like someone who lives with bipolar disorder can actually get through the daily struggles of life. And like, this is my journey. Follow along or don't follow along. Like, I don't really care. But like, this is what is going on in my life. And that's why I'm talking about it because it's something I know. And I'm trying to talk about things through my own personal experience. Yeah. So my question to you, David, is what is something as a scientist, scientifically, that you have gone through living through this this past couple months that you have consciously been aware not to do like for your child? Like, you know, like you may know, like I'm not saying that this is it, but like the example of like, you know, scientifically, like a child should not be having screen time at six weeks old. So I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not saying that that's what it is, but I'm using it as an example. Like that's something my that child watches me scroll Twitter. So that one's already out the window. <laughs> but is there something uh, that you you are very aware that you're doing or not doing in front of your daughter or for your daughter to have a thriving baby this is a good question i mean like i follow the recommended advice you know okay like we don't co-sleep she sleeps on her back in a bassinet she has breast milk but she's also formula fed yeah like a fed baby's a best baby 100 agreed we were at a hospital that was breast is best and it was not fun to experience wow um but like, look, like at the end of the day, like if you read the scientific literature, it's like your baby should have breast milk. Full stop, period. Statistics say all these things say it. And like, yeah, as a scientist, I get it. And that stresses me out. But like any amount of breast milk is fine. She has two ounces of breast milk a day and, and 30 ounces of formula a day. Like She's you fine. still get the immune cells. Yeah. She's fine. But that's not what gets communicated. Wait, you know what I, I mean? Like, can it's we get the- back to this for a second? Your hospital said <laughs> yeah, breast yeah, yeah. is best. Yeah, breast is best, baby. Why yeah, though? They're like breastfed babies are are the, to the point where, and I actually think this is like a really great program throughout the Midwest. There's this thing called the milk bank, okay, where they take women who are overproducers and they essentially collect their breast milk and then pasteurize it and like give it out to wow. to new moms. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, like breast milk is good. We should figure out how to make formula more like breast milk. Yeah. and it, But like, this is not like, wh- what are we dying? What hill are we dying on? Right, right. Like, what is going on? But like, can I ask, like, I mean, I know babies. why they say breast milk is better and why there's immunities and all yeah. this stuff. But, you know, yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, it's, a fed baby is a, is a fed baby. Yeah. But is that why? Yeah, is it, it just based on the immune system, like, reacting? Yeah, it's, like, lower incidence rates of asthma for, like, all-cause mortality, like, all of this kind of stuff. Okay. Yes, you follow the 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 rules of, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, fed is best, but you yeah. have breast milk. But is there anything else, like, scientifically that you would say that maybe something that the real world wouldn't know unless you're literally in a science-based community? No. No. Science is shit on this. I mean, like, let's be real. Like, nobody knows what causes SIDS. Which is, like, can we just talk about that for a second? A, that's the craziest thing that's, that's ever happened. 
crazy, crazy, crazy. Do you have any theory of what it could be? No, no idea. It's it's tough. That one's a really tough one. When is it okay to co-sleep? Like, is it ever? I like all of them. I'm going to be the counterculture scientist now. and People will be in the comments about this too. Look, like at, at any point, co-sleeping is dangerous because you can't remove the risk. Right. Like if the risk is you roll over on your child and you suffocate them. Yeah. You can do that at any age. Right, right. And like physically think about it. Yeah. Like the odds of doing that are dependent on or become easier or a higher percentage odds if your baby is small. It is a surface area sure, argument. Sure, sure, sure. You put a big thing next to a little thing and you say, what's the probability of the big sure. thing rolling onto the little thing? And hurting it, if you have a 200-pound adult next to a 7-pound child, it's going to be a lot higher percentage than a 200-pound adult next to a 40-pound child. So, like, the question then becomes, are the people that – there are many books out there. There's a lot of content out there. There's many people who co-sleep that use practices to try and limit that risk. No one's ever going to run that study. No. They just won't do it. No. There's a lot of people out there that take protection, like that, that think about this and solve for that problem so they can co sleep and their babies are totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's safe. But like, are we ever going to be able to quantify it? No, no one's, no one in their yeah. right mind is ever going to pay money to run this study. No. So, like, in many ways, I think the answer to your original question is what I find myself doing is just asking why all the time. Your baby needs to eat at 5.30 and then they need to they need to play for 20 minutes and then they need to, to take a nap so that they sleep through the night. Why? Who came up with this how? Yeah. And sometimes I like the answer and sometimes I think the answer is total bullshit. This is I'm, I'm telling you, being so a parent is so overwhelming because you're like, oh my God, if I don't do this one thing, like, is this the worst? Like, Yeah. Look, and it's no different than any other thing in the world. Like, I've come to the conclusion that all people want is to A, be told what to do, and B, be famous. Shit. It's that simple. Epic. Like, sure. Again, and fire off in the comments at me. And, like, look, like you are in a high-stress situation. You're trying to keep a child alive. We are under decision fatigue. We are tired. We're trying to do the thing that's best for our children. We all, all parents, regardless of what, decision maze you make like whatever the matrix looks like at the end of it it all spawns from the same thing of like we don't know we look to people that we think that know more whether that's holistic medicine alternative medicine homeopathy traditional white coat medicine chinese you know like traditional like doesn't matter yeah we look to people that we think that know more we ask them what to do and then we take their recommendations at face value yeah and there's nothing wrong with that totally process. at face value yeah totally and there's nothing wrong with it but when you start to peel back the layers of we don't really know all that much about how to take care of children you end up in a situation where there are for the same problem 50 prevailing theories that are all different that all give you the same outcome yeah so they're all simultaneously correct and all simultaneously nonsense. 
So don't judge me for the one that I choose. We all get to the same place. And that's and like, what we I want to have the so conversation important. of like, let's actually figure it out. That's a scientific conversation. Right. There, we have a method to do this. It's it's named after some people. Like there, we can get to the problem. Like we can figure it out, but nobody cares. No, and you have to do it's what's not, right there's for no, you. There's not enough side approach. Yeah, and like, there's not enough side effect, like side effects profile for it to be a valuable experiment to run or spend our time on our problem no. we're solving. And that's totally fine. It's totally fine. But that's where the friction comes mm-hmm. where people are like, oh, you do it this way. You're doing it wrong. And again, like back to full circle to the beginning of this, nobody asks you how you're doing or why you're doing the things you're doing with your child. I don't Person. judge you for any choices that you make with your child. No. Like you specifically talking directly at you, no, not no, the no. people listening to this podcast. I don't care what medicine says. Like you're a good mom. I trust and value your opinion. We can disagree yep. about some things, and that's okay. That's fine. Like, I don't understand why this is so difficult. Because it's your life, and it's my life, and it's your baby, and it's my baby. <laughs> and I no, and I, I completely agree with you, and that's yeah, why like, the first thing I If you're like, I'm not do, putting my child in a car seat, I'd be like, I'm flying to LA and taking your I'm child put from the car you. Seat in. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. <laughs> she has many car seats. Thank you very much. She lives for that Duna, though. We love we that We need to Duna. get sponsored by Duna, man. Do you get the trike yet? I no. want the trike so bad. I don't want that Bentley trike. Oh, Do you know fuck? about the Bentley trike? The only reason why I want the Bentley no, trike is a... because it also turns into a tricycle that they can then use on their own and it has rubber wheels. So see, it's more longevity. Like, see, these are things that I'm like learning about that I'm seeing. No, from, I think like, the Duna thing comes apart though and like allows them to- But it's to not rubber wheels. So people are like, that's the argument. People are like, oh, do you want rubber wheels for outside? It's, you know, it lasts till they're like seven years old or something. We're I doing the thing now. Here's We're doing the thing, the thing that David, we just told people not to do. <laughs> let me tell you a true story. I'm going to leave you with this. Two things. First and foremost, whenever you meet another parent or you have a new parent, you always do what I do. Say the things that work for your baby because some of them may work, such as the straight jacket swaddle happiest baby on the block that I sent you. Game changer. It worked, Bro, those right? Those are amazing. I send it to I everyone. Want I want one. I send it to everyone. It's something that works for us. It may not work for you, but I always send to, to new parents because it was literally a game changer for us. Second thing, always ask a parent, a new parent, how are you really? You should do that in general for people, but really ask the parent, how are you really? And thirdly, I don't know how to ride a bike, okay? I learned how to ride a bike. I semi-know how to ride a bike. I had to ride a bike on an episode. Okay, this is a true story. I did an episode of CSI, okay? And I got it, and they were like, great. They go, you're going to be doing it with another actress, and she's going to be pretending to be you in the scene. Basically, it was like a single white female kind of like vibe thing. That single white female was Taylor Swift, okay? Post breakup with Joe Jonas. I was like, I had no idea she was. So Taylor Swift wore the same wig as me to try to look like me. And in the scene, they were like, we want you two girls to be best friends riding a bike. She's like, oh my God, I love this. Like, let's ride a bike. And I'm like, you seem super sweet. She was like getting over a breakup, talking about some guy, Joe. I'm like, and, and all she cared about was talking to me, being really sweet, riding a bicycle. 
I didn't want to say, I don't know how to ride a bike. I had to pretend like I had to ride a bike. I'm going to find this clip, okay, of Taylor Swift and me, Alessandra Torasani, on CSI riding bicycles in a motel in Burbank, California, okay? So that true story is that's the only time I was able to properly ride a bike and fake it, okay? Secondly, I have a bike now, but it's a tricycle. I have an adult tricycle with a basket in the back. That's all. That's, all. that's how I'm going to end the story. I love you, David. Congratulations on being a dad. 